Hi, so welcome to our Culture Hacker podcast. My name is Shane Green. I'm going to be your host for the next 30, 35 minutes, and I've got a fantastic guest on the show and that for us today. Um, today, we're going to be talking to Steve Green, and please excuse the accents because uh, he is from my favorite part of the world, uh, down there in New Zealand, but that's actually not why I've got him on the podcast today. He actually works with the Decurian Corporation. This is a California-based company, owns and manages real estate, movie theaters, even a senior living center. Has about 1,200 employees and it's doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Harvard Business Review featured these guys as one of their big ideas, talking about companies that are able to turn employee struggles into growth opportunities and how they're creating a real competitive advantage. So very excited to have Stephen Green, the Vice President of Operations from the Decurion Corporation. Steve, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing really well. Thanks, Shane, for having me. Well, listen, absolutely fantastic. Listen, we got a lot to cover today, so I want to jump right in. So, Stephen, start to start talking about us. Employee experience. How important is it for your organization to make that investment in the employees as part of a real growth strategy? Yeah, so it's it's absolutely critical. In fact, uh, it's defined in our purpose statement as the reason why the organization exists is to create places for people to flourish. So it's, it's central to why the organization is here. And obviously, we service uh, a marketplace of guests. And without the employees being uh, sort of fully motivated and growing themselves and alive and empowered to look after the guests, the guest experience isn't going to survive. And therefore, the company's not going to thrive and innovate as we uh, have been doing. So when you talk employee experience, that really does drive how your employees feel about coming to work every day, which is kind of this idea of culture. Now, here at Culture Hacker, we say culture can no longer be just an HR thing. So let me ask you, you're the vice president of operations, you got a large company. Let me ask you, what role do you believe you have in, in supporting, creating a great employee experience within the Decurian Corporation? Yeah, so uh, we're, we're an integrated organization. So just to as you said, uh, you know, we have the theatre business, which I'm part of, uh, the senior living, which I've also been involved in for a period of time, and commercial real estate. But ultimately, across the organisation, we are looking to change the culture of the entire organisation. We have uh, gatherings three times a year where, you know, all the business leaders come together. We have input from, uh, you know, some of the greatest thinkers from Peter Senge to you know, Joseph Jaworski and um, you know, others, uh, Robert Keegan, who wrote that Harvard article. So we all are actively working on culture. And, you know, what uh, is critical about how we operate is that um, culture and human resources is integrated into operations. We have a very uh, small uh, HR partnership agency. You know, we just have two people who are basically supporting the entire organization. So everything is done through the operators in the field. As VP of operations, I have um, the theater leadership reporting into me, and they are responsible for all aspects of uh, recruiting, development, performance management, you know, handling uh, the tricky issues, and shaping their culture as a key component for how they are delivering excellent results for their employees and for the customers. Well, that gets me fired up because I love to, I love to hear that because so many times I'm going into organizations and I see that the managers in some ways are very hands off. You mentioned they're having the tough conversations. It's amazing how many times we go in today and we have managers that are deferring so many of these important cultural aspects 
off to a human resource team. And as a result, you kind of feel that that responsibility for culture is given to someone else when in fact it's their team, their responsibility, because ultimately if they're going to drive the business, they've got to be in control of how their people think. So there's some really cool pieces there. So listen, you've, you've mentioned this article. I've sort of said Harvard Business Review. They described you as a deliberately developmental organization. What does that mean? And what does that mean to your culture? Yeah, so uh, in, in one sentence, really, a, a deliberately developmental organization is a place where everyone's on their developmental edge in the context of a place where they feel safe and with some genuine practices that uh, work on developmental principles and enable uh, profitability and development to, to emerge as one thing. So to break that down, um, everyone on their developmental edge, it starts with the assumption that adults can grow. Uh, you know, I think there's, uh, in society, um, there's a lot of people who operate on the assumption to say, you know, you do all your training at uh, school and college and then you maybe learn a little bit at work, but you're basically applying your skills uh, to, get, to get results. Um, whereas development um, can happen uh, much, much later in life and fulfillment uh, can happen. It, it also has the assumption that weaknesses can be a potential asset um, and, an, and an opportunity both for individual growth and for business growth. Uh, it's, it's where we're struggling the most, which is often where um, something can be unlocked, some, some potential that perhaps uh, you know, we need a systemic fix for. So they're the core assumptions of uh, being on your developmental edge. To be safe, you need a, a sense of home. You need to be able to be vulnerable so you can say that where you need help, where you're struggling. Uh, you're not trying to uh, you know, just manage your, your identity the whole time or manage your image but you can genuinely get into the real conversation. And that, that requires, you know, that leaders, uh, first of all, act uh, as if, you know, they're the servant leaders of the organization. They are being vulnerable. They are practicing what they're preaching um, and they're supporting everyone and building the culture. And then finally, and this is an important part of leadership too, is creating the developmental practices, uh, which sometimes puts people in their place uh, in terms of being in a, uh, unstable environment for a while so you're consciously in over your heads and you're learning and, and you're figuring out the next steps but it also includes all the, the good practices around you know regular touch points around uh, how we do our development plans where we focus on what the individual wants to succeed with in their life as well as what the business needs and you know we have uh, training and practices and, and all those sorts of things that you'd expect in an organization so they're the, the sort of three major dimensions, that edge, the, the sense of home, and the groove that, that mark a developmental organization. And we can get into much more about the practices, if you like, but that's, uh, that's the fundamentals of what it's about. Well, you, you've set so many things up perfectly. All right, I, I got to come back. A couple of things that you really struck me. So uh, this assumption that uh, as adults we can grow, you're right on. I mean, we've looked at all the latest research coming out about this brain um, that sort of runs so much many aspects of ourselves. And every bit of research says that no matter at what age, 
the brain can be stimulated. So I guess that, you know, the big piece is, is that you can teach old dogs new tricks. And I think in the workplace today where we're so focused on millennials and young people coming in, I get it. But the reality is, is that there is a tremendous opportunity that as we move as adults, that we can still learn, we can still grow. And you could argue have a really important part to play in many businesses today. When you look out over your business group, do you, do you have that spread of all ages or do you find that this approach is, is more, connects more with certain groups in the workforce today? Well, I mean, it certainly connects with the millennials who, who want to grow and develop and that's the large uh, populace that we have uh, in our theatre business. Um, but, uh, you know, we do have obviously people of, uh, of uh, you know, all ages through the business and we run a senior living business where we put these practices uh, to the test. I personally, when I was running uh, our prototype senior living facility in Santa Ana, um, you know, created classes for the seniors around, um, you know, how they can practice mindfulness, how they can uh, develop community, how they can get fulfillment um, and, and the different avenues for that. So, um, you know, we, we, we saw a lot of uh, uptake from that. And, uh, you know, I think it, it flips society's views on their heads, uh, which is what we're doing in the senior living industry, but also uh, we're flipping on the head the, the view of what an organization is, that um, you know, we can be uh, as much a youth development organization as we can be a great business, and, uh, and development can happen um, to quite uh, a deep level in community uh, with the people that you're working with. So let me ask you about that. That's fascinating. So, you know, if you kind of take that idea that for young people, you are actually a developmental organization for you. Do you find that that helps in your recruitment strategies? And do you find yourself, uh, you know, attracting people who, um, because of that reputation you've created out there in your communities? Yeah, to some extent. I think it's it's hard to describe it uh, that differently to what other organizations say. Everyone says, you know, you've got the opportunity to grow and become a manager and uh, and, and move on. But, but once people get into this organization and they see uh, the way of developing community, the sort of uh, responsibilities that we give people early on so they can be a little in over their heads and have the you know, support and coaching of others around, then, you know, they do provide through word of mouth, um, you know, very good references for other people to join. But it is hard, you know, to get that into sort of marketing material, if you like, for recruitment. Um, you know, perhaps we need to do a better job of that. But, you know, as I said, you said the word of mouth. The one thing we know about our millennials and our Gen Zs is that they're extremely word of mouth. That peer-to-peer -peer recommendation and reputation is very, very powerful. So I think you're onto something naturally and organically, if not from a marketing perspective. All right, so let's kind of jump into these big ones. I think one of the big pieces you talk about there is a safe environment. And, you know, when, when we look out over the world today, I think that's the one thing that everybody wants. They want to feel safe, um, respected, cared for, so many elements that you take on there. What do you think are the things that you do as an organization or as an executive or as a manager that makes people feel safe, that makes your team actually, you know, really trust you because I think that level of trust must be tremendous. So talk a little bit about some of the actual behaviors, activities or things you're, you're doing to make this real. Yeah, so, um, you know, maybe take the perspective of a, a, a new employee coming into, say, our theater business, and then I can obviously talk about, you know, my own team in the home office. But, um, you know, someone coming in is, is going to be trusted uh, first of all, to see our entire business, we're going to uh, 
uh, teach them all about, you know, how the organization, why it exists, uh, show them, uh, you know, how, how we expect that they are able to develop through their time with us uh, and, and focus on their own personal goals. You know, what is it that they want to achieve in life and where do they feel they have strengths and weaknesses? This all happens uh, really on the first day of orientation. Um, and then we get into the business side and, and we are showing them the full profit and loss statement for that theatre business that they're part of. Um, you know, we're talking with them about, you know, how we need to continue to grow the guest experience and teach them all about the brand. So we're trusting them um, and, and showing that they're a full member of the community and talking about our practices of community, um, you know, how we want people to be speaking for themselves, uh, you know, including others and, and ultimately uh, developing the business together. And so they're, they're always a stakeholder in that. So they feel trusted, um, you know, from day one. We have regular practices such as uh, huddles, operational huddles that, you know, most organizations happen before things get busy, but we are genuinely asking for people's feedback and their plans on how they're going to achieve it. And then we have the more formal structures um, and, and touch points where we're following through on these promises from the beginning uh, to say, okay, what are, you, what are you learning? What do you, what do you need next? Are you at your developmental edge? Um, and, and, you know, and helping evolve what they want for their life because we, we find, you know, we, we're often with a relatively transient population. Some people are only with us for a number of months or, or a year or two, and we want to help them grow and develop because it's core to our business model and it helps them be great employees. So all of that creates the trust, and I think, you know, then it's, then it's down to how the leaders operate and that they genuinely are servant leaders, that they are caring for people, that they are approachable, and, and they're practicing being vulnerable and, uh, and solving the tough issues. You know, there's some, again, so many great pieces that you brought up. The one thing that just stood out is that from day one, your orientation onboarding plan is so thorough. It focuses on your brand, it focuses on your customer, and you're focusing on the financials. Let me ask you, when you start teaching people your P&L, and you're saying that you're teaching them pretty much from day one, day two, how does that impact and what sort of impact does that have? I go to organizations and, and I get into sort of arguments sometimes with executives and managers who say, our staff don't need to know the financials of the company. And yet here you are pretty much transparently opening up the books right off the bat. How, what sort of impact does that have in terms of their ability to actually contribute to grow your business, deliver a great guest experience, et cetera? Yeah, so I think it helps in a couple of ways. I mean, most broadly, it sets the context for what we're doing. Um, and, and it, it, you know, so then anything that we're developing someone about, they can see how it links to what we're trying to achieve as a business. Um, so, you know, they, they get genuine meaning in the task. You don't just say, you know, upsell this or look after that guest or clean that. Like they can see how it all fits into looking for repeat guest experiences and providing options to our customers. So, you know, setting that context is key. And then, you know, obviously, as you get into more tasks where people are doing transactions with the guests, such as at concessions or in the bar, they're able to look at well, what, what would help to improve these numbers and improve the guest experience at the same time. And what do I need to do to develop myself? You know, I might be a little shy or I might lack some transaction skills or, or it could be any number of things um, that can ultimately deliver a, a better result for me, for the guest and for the business. So, 
you know, it, it starts at that macro level and then it goes to specific developmental actions and, uh, and financial results. Well, let's take a step back for a second. So uh, let me ask you, we, we hear a lot today about getting the right fit. What sort of things are you looking for in, say, the interview process to get people that, that maybe connect or buy into this? Is there anything yet you're looking for or that you talk about in the interview process, you know, from how you're going to challenge them, et cetera? Is there anything that you do that, that kind of connects and helps you really know that you've got a good person coming on board? Yes, there is. There's, uh, you know, several things that we do, and this is, again, specific to the theater business. Uh, one is to, um, and, and this is an idea which you developed with, with you, Shane, uh, was, was to get people uh, in this mindset of hosting a party and seeing that they had that, that guest focus, that enthusiasm for being around for people, for planning for things. Because essentially, in a movie theater, we are hosting a party every two hours in every auditorium. Mm. <laughs> um, so getting people to actually um, create a short speech uh, that you know has to be less than a minute and a half, uh, to talk about a great party they've been to and be on their feet and show that open, engaging attitude as well as, you know, we're looking for some measures of the brand personality like uh, being passionate, being social, being connected, being empathetic. So we're looking for these sorts of things coming through in their story. So that's that's really, you know, a, a, an initial thing. We see how they operate in community and answering questions, but we put them on the spot. And then we get into role plays where we have them actually handle some of the, the guest uh, interactions that may be challenging around someone coming in late to the theatre and, you know, would that disturb the other guests or what should they do? And instead of saying, you know, here's the rule, apply it, we are looking for their critical thinking to say, okay, we trust you as a business partner, what, what do you think? And at that point, one thing that we're really looking for is their openness to learn and to act from principles and not policy. And a lot of people are, you know, we find are just sort of saddled with their past experiences and managers, you know, that have told them, no, you can only make decisions if you call a manager first um, and these sorts of things. And we, you know, we coach people through it and we see who can learn and grow and ultimately be empowered to make the best decision for the guest, which is going to be best for the business too. So there are a couple of aspects that we, we then get into one-on-one -on -one kind of interview questions where we're looking you know, for uh, you know, deeper level of people's sense of personality, their openness, their leadership potential. Um, but they're the core things that we're testing in a, in a, a live environment on the floor in the theater. So I love it. So we got, we've got we talked right fit. It sounds like your orientation onboarding element is in place. So let's talk about the ongoing element. So you, you talk about being on this edge. You talk about challenging, you know, get, keeping people maybe out of their comfort zone. How do you evaluate and again you know performance measurement i guess is is always out there but how do you get a sense of where someone is i guess in their journey with you when it's time for them to kind of shake things up um or when you know let's face it on the other side maybe when you realize the, that they've maximized their uh, abilities and that with you tell me a little bit about that process because i think that's fascinating because this isn't just a free-for-all where anybody does what they want yeah, so so what we've tried this in a few different ways, but fundamentally we, we want to see where they're at in the pipeline of growth uh, from role to role. And we have you know more simple roles at the beginning that people are learning, and then they can move to uh, you know more challenging roles like 
setting the crew schedule or running an event or running the projection system um, and then move to, to be operations leads and managers. So, but, you know, the key of all of this is having visibility about where people are at on that journey and uh, assessing their competencies against not just the functional skills for those areas, but also some leadership competencies that we have established for each phase of the journey. Um, you know, we want people to, to prove that they're action-oriented, guest-focused, developing themselves and connecting to others, uh, the sort of four core things we start with on the leadership competencies. So we're looking at that, uh, you know, quite frequently in the theatre business. It's every three or four weeks that the, the, the managers are sitting down in a manager meeting and doing essentially a people review because they're seeing who can progress to the next role. They're also conscious of what pipeline they need you know, for um, operations leads or some of the specialist roles. Um, so they're, they're always looking to develop people and, and to have people develop their successes. So managing that pipeline is a core part of the business. I, I know, you know some competitors just hire people as one role and they stay with that role, and it's very rare for them to grow and develop. Um, but, but we want people to learn the whole business because, A, it gives um, the guests the best experience because then people are able to flex to where the guest needs are, and, B, it helps them to then develop into a whole business person, and then they can, they can move up to management. We can keep that pipeline flowing. So, you know, that's at the at the site level we're reviewing that. At at a multi-unit manager level every quarter, we're looking at how many people that theater promoted. Um and and you know, their their standard of guest experience and their financial results. So we're looking at people, guests and financial uh and and you know, several me metrics on all of that and, and it gets down to the how the strength of the pipeline ultimately is uh, is how they're delivering on all of it. So we're looking at that closely. So there's something that, that, that I hit in on, and again, you're probably making some managers cringe. So you're talking about your managers meeting every three to four weeks to sort of assess or to kind of think about performance with their people. And this is something that we've talked about sort of a lot at Coach Hacker. You know, at the annual performance review, it's kind of done. Um, and, and the real successful organizations we see out there are doing these sort of monthly check-ins, casual conversations. And, you know, managers go, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for it. But really the way that you're setting up your organization is that that becomes the most important part of the time because managers are really being adapted delegating and being sort of elevated away from some of these mundane day-to-day -day tasks they're being able to give those off to people as part of their challenge and then that allows them the time to really focus on leadership and getting the most out of their people rather than just managing transactions they truly are or but sounds like it able to focus in on how to get the most out of the talents uh, and strengths that you've been given. Is that a fair assessment that that's what's happening by these regular conversations? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's where is competitive advantage in, in your business you've always got to look at, right? And in a consumer-facing entertainment industry business, it, it's, it's about the people, the guest experience that we're providing. Um, and you know, and we've chosen to do it in a way where we're developing everyone as a as an integral part of that. And we think that is our secret sauce and how we do have the the highest gross revenue per screen of any movie theater in North America. So you know, we are uh, actively managing that because that is the systemic source of our competitive advantage. So we have to be focused on that. 
And it's not to say, you know, we're having individual conversations every single month. Um, we would like to think that they are happening, but they're going to happen in quick touch points. They're not going to be, um, you know, long drawn out conversations. But but looking at this whole systems view of how is the pipeline developing? How are people moving? Who's ready for the next challenge? That's just critical to how we run our business. Yeah. And again, as I said, honestly, critical to how to run every business. So talk, I want to shift into the managers for a little. You know, you talk about sort of this leadership, these core values and expectations that have started from the beginning. What do you do for your senior management team to keep their edge, to keep them growing and developing? So many times you get managers kind of get to that point and say, oh, I know it all now. I know my job inside and out. Therefore, you know what? I can kind of cruise a little. How do you keep them on their edge? I think it's an important question that as executives, we've always got to ask ourselves. How do we get our managers not to fall in that trap of going through the mundane and status quo? Yeah, so I can think of about three dimensions that that we do that. And firstly, it's about the business environment and what is you know what is the environment calling for? How are we truly adding value to the marketplace, to the guests who who are spending their precious leisure time with us? And having um, our our managers, and we just went through a process with this, see that largest hole that we're serving. And, and think about value add uh, in a very deep way, um, you know, perhaps looking at e- even, you know, what might unconsciously be called for in that environment rather than just what is the standard, uh, you know, guest experience uh, that, that, that others are delivering. So shaping it around the business problem, I think, is key because that's ultimately keeping development and profitability together as one thing. So that's the first level. The second one is that you know, we operate in community. Um, so, you know, we're always going to be providing each other feedback about uh, what we're doing well, where we need help, um, what's not working from a systemic point of view as well as a personal point of view. Um, and and the, the more that you have authenticity in the community, the more you're going to get into these, these deeper conversations about, you know, what do I need to do to develop? Um, for instance, for me, um, you know, I've, as I've progressed to more senior roles, had to learn how to how to work through structures, uh, rather than be personally involved and spreading myself too thin, um, because I have this you know want to be caring for other people and uh, you know and there on the spot and getting that personal um, you know feedback. So I'm 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 I've been given feedback about you know being able to operate from a more structural level, being able to operate through the P and L, through the practices, through the meeting structures. Um, but we, we we do that with every single person um, on on that level. And then you know the third piece is is their own personal development plan. What does that person want um, in their life to be fulfilled? And it and it may not just be a higher level in this organisation. Uh, it could be something external. And we often find that uh, in those in the theatre business that they're you know wanting to be a detective or an actor or whatever it might be. So they can learn some things. Um, and while they're with us, that are also what the business needs and the, the ability to match those two up, what someone needs for their life and what the business needs, is core to what we do. We, we call it nothing extra that, you know, through the work, uh, through having operations as a curriculum, we can create meaningful development and meaningful profitability. So cool stuff. So, you know, we, um, we love the approach in that. If you start to think about what you're doing, there has to be a tremendous amount of relationship and trust between you know, sort of the managers, your frontline teams, just to, just to have this transparency and openness and safety. 
Can you point to anything that you think that your managers do really well or have really helped, you know, keep that level of trust and the safety so there, you know, we heard you from the start and, you know, through the orientation onboarding, but what about from an ongoing, what do you, what do you, and again, your insights, what do you think it's key for managers to do to build this type of team or environment of trust um, and make it real, not just something that uh, everybody talks about and, uh, you know, thinks about? Yeah, so, I mean, the thing that comes to mind is um, the principles and guidelines of learning community that we have on a wall, but we practice every single day and and you know and that's that's issues such as you know using i statements speaking for myself from my own truth rather than saying oh we all think this or there's a group of people who said that you know how to have the real conversation and 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 get into it dealing with difficult issues being completely authentic um you know allowing others uh to be involved by you know uh, asking questions uh, recognizing your own part in any issue that you're bringing out. What could have you done better so that you're being a player, not a victim? You know, we have um, a short list of these things that, and that's up on the wall. And, and uh, you know, we, we talk about it at orientation. We talk about it in uh, group meetings. We bring it out sometimes for these operational huddles. And um, when the company comes together three times a year, we we uh, sort of reground ourselves in that. So those those principles of of a learning community are central, um, and especially as people see what what the benefit of it is, right? Um, a, they feel treated as a genuine human being um, as well as a business person, and and B, we get better outcomes because we're having the real conversation, so we can go to systemic issues uh, and and create uh, ongoing sustainable solutions. So people see those results. So I think that builds trust through credibility, uh, not just through uh, you know this feel good factor. This is, this is good stuff. So what are you working on next? It sounds like you've got so many of these aspects uh, of your culture, you know, really dialed in, as I said, and it, it's obviously working. And again, congratulations on your success. But what's next? What do, you, what do you think the next challenge or the next focus or the next piece that you want to dial up in terms of taking what you're doing today to be even better or even more exact uh, in what you do, contributing even more to the business? There's a lot. There's a lot, Shane. I think the, the the principles are very strong and sound, but I think ensuring that it's real for every employee every single day, we have a lot a lot more to do in creating the right systems and structures for that to happen, and you know really developing our leaders so that they are genuinely uh, living this these practices out every day and able to develop others. So there's a ton more we have to do. Our, our training is far too inefficient and person dependent at the moment um, on on managers and it's taking up a bit too much of their time versus time being with the guests so you know we we never want development to override what is the guest experience um, so I think we have to do a lot uh, about making our uh, our learning program more lean uh, with more online tools and videos and you know quizzes and tests which will make it more engaging as well um, you know, we, we're looking to develop an HR information system. We, at the moment, have several different systems. We don't have that integrated, so I think that could help us uh, get the overview of our data and analytics around, um, you know, the, the, the pipeline that we talk about rather than it being uh, pulled out, you know, from each different site. We're able to see the whole. 
So there's really a, a lot, um, and we're in an industry which is growing and changing all the time. Um, you know, the theatre business is only as good as the product being put out there, um, and the technology is shifting at the moment as well. So we constantly need to grow and adapt. Um, and we've done some innovative things in the past, and we're going to do some more innovative things to stay ahead in the future. But we have to keep on our own uh, learning edge as an organization. So, uh, yeah, there's no shortage of uh, opportunity here. Well, I just want to make sure that you're still going to be challenged because, you know, I want to be able to come back and talk to you or come and find you. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's still that's plenty on your mind in that right now. That's, that's good. It makes me feel good. Listen, Stephen, this is some great stuff, great conversation. Um, our listeners out there, if they wanted to get hold of you or to uh, ask some more questions, uh, wh where could they find you or how could they reach out to you? Because uh, I, I feel we just started to touch the tip of the iceberg in some respects on some of these ideas. Yeah, so I mean, my email address is sgreen at decurion.com, D-E-C-U-R-I-O-N. That's probably the easiest way to, to reach me. Um, you know, I'm, about, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, but uh, just shoot me an email and I'd be happy to, happy to chat and uh, help, uh, you know, learn as well as contribute to, to whatever anyone else is working on. And if you want to see what Stephen and his team have been working on, get out to Arclight Cinemas, see what their teams are doing in action um, because it really is a great experience. And if you didn't pick up on it earlier, remember what he says, the highest per screen average uh, and that across the industry. So some really good things that are going well. Stephen, mate, thank you so much for uh, joining us today and sharing some of those uh, fantastic insights. I hope we, uh, we'll get to talk again soon and, ca and catch up. Yep, thanks very much, Shane. Appreciate it. Well, listen, thank you, everybody. Listen, I hope you enjoyed that. Please check us out. You can reach me, Shane Green, Shane at ShaneGreen.com. Remember, check out my book, Culture Hacker. Come online, connect at ShaneGreen.com, or just go on to our website, drop me a message, let me know what you think, what we can do. And remember, if you like what you're listening to, if you want to contribute, reach out. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Thanks very much for listening in. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Cheers.